Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is hot in the news, what's new in research, or anything that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. This month's theme has been all about sugar. And I'm going to be doing a free webinar on Wednesday called A Case Against Sugar. Today, I'm going to give you the highlights. And if you want to hear it, just make sure you sign up for the full webinar. And I'll tell you more about how to do that later. You know, I love learning and I love teaching about how to keep the body healthy. Life goes by fast enough without having it cut short by an illness that could have been prevented if you only knew how. I think when you have better information, you can make better choices. And with better choices, you get better results like health, vitality, and longevity. So the information, you know, I've been doing this 45 years and I have studied and got even got credentials on what it takes to live a healthy, vital life with the potential for longevity. There are certain rules that our biology needs for us to follow to be healthy. Modern lifestyle is like breaking all the rules, and we have to learn how to integrate some healthy things back to our life so that we have a chance for health, vitality, and longevity. In America, we spend more money by far on health care, rather sick care, than any other country, and we are among the sickest. I think the statistics I last read was we rank 35th in health. And we are way below Cuba. I mean, every, all even underdeveloped countries, we are way below them. And that is just so wrong. Of course, one of the rules for good health is good food. And we have gotten so far away from what is really good food. Starting with Betty Crocker, who was simply a character created to sell more mixes and processed food. Ha! Huh. Sugar started getting a real foothold with processed foods. You know, the whole subject of sugar in the health industry is confusing. I get it. You're going to, you hear all sorts of things like, oh, it's okay in moderation. Or on the other hand, you hear the body just isn't designed to digest sugars. Or artificial sweeteners are worse for you than sugar. Or I love this one. You need sugar for energy. Oh, haven't we been told that one time and time again? Or sugar's addictive, like a drug. So what are you going to believe? All these common claims opposing each other, but one thing is for sure. To start out with, you got to know we are consuming more sugar in our diets than ever before. Average American consumes 150 to 170 pounds of refined sugar every year. That's a lot, a lot of sugar. And it's correct. I mean, some of us don't eat near that much, and others eat a heck of a lot more. And that 150 to 170 pounds of sugar a year translates to about a quarter to a half a pound a day, or 30 to 36 teaspoons, I'm sorry, 30 to 60 teaspoons of processed sugar every day. In my Facebook challenge this month, I had everybody count how many grams of sugar they were taking in. Hard to believe you can possibly take that much in. But when you really start looking at the labels and, you know, you're not just getting it from places you expect, like if you put it in your coffee or it's cookies or, you know, putting honey in your smoothies or eating ice cream or, you know, anything that's in a package, 
You know that. You know that you can expect it there. But it is hidden in the majority of foods you probably eat regularly. When you start reading labels, you're going to be shocked on how much sugar is added. In fact, in Europe, same product, same company will sell completely different foods. Starbucks, McDonald's, you name it. Uh, Those are just to name a few companies. Check it out. It's really awful what we are being fed. Americans want their sugar. Oh boy, and I'm going to go into that more. So if sugar's already in the food we eat, why should we care? It's not like everyone is sick, right? Well, at least not immediately. But I would have to say sugar is insidious. It's the chronic daily intake that really causes problems. The problem with excess sugar consumption is that most health issues don't manifest immediately. The body is pretty resilient. There's backup after backup after backup, and it tries to keep things in balance as long as it can, but it isn't like you eat it and you get sick. You know, it'd be great if immediately your body would say, whoa, don't like that. In fact, it's the opposite. You eat it and your brain and your taste buds go, yummo, give me more and more. So, you know, let's look at some of the problems it may be involved with. So some of the problems with sugar, mental illness and behavior problems are often attributed to other sources like beyond diet, something that you can't normally contribute. Diet, yeah, probably related. Allergies, arthritis, migraines are expected by vague things. They're just explained away. Our environment, stress levels, response to medication, other health problems like immune disorders, degenerative disease, diabetes, cancer, take a long time to develop. And then when the diagnosis comes, most doctors, most people aren't grabbing their food journals to see at what point there could have been a connection. But there is so much research conducted on the effects of sugar on human health. I'd say thousands of research articles. Not a one has found that sugar builds health. And let me tell you, it's more tightly linked to the development of disease. It's not looking good for the case of sugar. To best understand how sugar is so dangerous, you have to first kind of know what it's made of. You know, it either comes from sugar beets or sugar cane, and that breaks down into two different sugars. One is glucose and one is fructose. We're going to keep coming back to these two. So glucose and fructose. Glucose is a a source of energy and the body can produce it easily. You don't need to obtain it in your food. One way is it breaks down fat stores. Simple as that. We always have plenty on hand. No need to consume it. However, fructose is different. Our bodies don't produce that, and frankly, there's really no need for it. No need for fructose at all. So one thing that sugar does, and there's a lot of research on this now because it's a hot topic, is sugar and insulin. Insulin resistance, huge anymore. Every medical journal is clamoring to have research that they can publish on insulin resistance. So insulin It's an important hormone of the body. You know, it's responsible for really unlocking the cells and getting the energy in there. I like it to think of it as a key that unlocks the cell. So the energy can get in there so the cell can do what it's designed to do. But with years of overconsumption of sugar, it leads to increased insulin secretion and the cells 
get tired of so much sugar knocking at the door and the pancreas gets fatigued and unable to keep up with the demand. And notice insulin resistance. High insulin over time leads to insulin resistance. You know, I kind of like to think of it as a bad marriage. They just stop listening to each other, so they start yelling to be heard. (laughs) So anyway, we've covered this over and over again, but insulin resistance is a huge contributor to a lot of diseases. It's thought to be a big player in type 2 diabetes, obesity, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, dementia, high blood sugar, menopausal symptoms, and even leading cause of infertility in women, polycystic ovarian syndrome, my specialty. What's crazy is, and it's not really addressed, is that even if blood sugar is controlled, these risks and conditions persist. You got to get at the root cause of the problem, diet and lifestyle. And then obesity. It's no secret that obesity is a serious epidemic. One in three kids, two out of three adults are overweight or obese. And that was before COVID when we were all told to just stay home. So we ate and ate and ate. We sat, played video games. We baked. We felt worse and worse. Anxiety, obesity, fatty liver disease, it all got worse. Sugar's role in gaining weight is so serious and it's, you know, more than just empty calories. It affects the hormones that that affect satiety, keeping you feeling satisfied. Therefore, you want to eat more and more. Now, sure, you can see what the problem is there. You just never get satisfied. And knowing this strengthens the case that there is a 60% increased risk in obesity of children for every serving of sugar-sweetened beverages in their diet. It's important to know that weight gain from sugar is often present in the abdominal area. So if you notice your waistline is spreading and your belt is on a bigger notch, sugar is probably the culprit. Gaining weight around the middle is visceral fat. That's where your important organs are, and that visceral fat feeds a higher risk profile for all those diseases. Some life-threatening. Sugar is involved. The other part of sugar, okay, so glucose and now fructose. Fructose is metabolized by the liver, but only in teeny tiny amounts at a time. And the liver has limited storage availability for that sugar, that glycogen. But when it's already fully stored, Eating more sugar just overloads it. The extra is forced to be turned into fat. This process is what they call non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The cure is not medicine. The reversal is diet and lifestyle. There is no drug that can heal it. To take it even further, studies suggest that sugar may be just as damaging as alcohol to the liver, even if you're at a healthy weight. That non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, boy, it causes the same scarring in the liver as alcohol does. Okay, if that's not bad enough, we go to the heart now. There are a lot of misconceptions about the causes of cardiovascular disease, the role of cholesterol, and what foods help or harm you. Things have to be cleared up. Saturated fat is not the culprit. Sugar is. Studies have shown that consuming a large amount of fructose leads to a rise in bad cholesterol, the LDL, a rise in blood sugar, glucose, 
insulin levels, and abdominal obesity. All these in as little as 10 weeks. It's what they call cardiometabolic syndrome, syndrome X, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, all the same thing. So please note, those are all major risk factors for developing heart disease. Sugar. Another one, sugar and immunity. That's a really important, poignant topic right now with the COVID pandemic. Your immune system is responsible for defending your body against illness. That's a big deal. There was a study done by Loma Linda. said 100 grams of sugar can make your white blood cells 40% less effective at killing germs. On top of already putting your body in a stressed and irritated state, sugar directly affects your main line of defense against disease. The most alarming part is that that lasted up to five hours after you eat it. So if you have sugar or honey in your oatmeal, or heaven forbid, one of those oatmeal packets, you have that for breakfast, you have a pop for lunch or a fruit smoothie, and then a granola bar for a snack, and then dessert at supper. Oh my gosh, your whole day is blown with depressed immunity. I don't know about you, but in this day and age, I want to do all I can to keep my immune system tip-top shape to keep the virus at bay. And then the word that terrifies everybody, cancer. It's hard to believe that something so prevalent in our everyday diets can cause cancer, but I hate to be the bearer of bad news It's probably true. How is it related? Insulin. Insulin is one of the main hormones responsible for regulating growth in cells. It has been concluded that having elevated insulin levels can indeed contribute to cancer. You know, you've heard cancer feeds on sugar, and you're right. Back to one of Einstein's friends, Otto Warburg, fellow scientist, a biochemist, He was the first to determine that cancer loves sugar and that cancer has an alternate metabolic pathway. In fact, one of the common cancer diagnosis procedures, the PET scans, will inject radioactive sugar into the body and just watch where it goes. It's quickly taken up by the tumors. They light up like Christmas. Tumors love sugar. They feed on sugar. Some treatments now are starting to use sugar-blocking drugs to help starve the cancer. So now, do you remember what I said about insulin and sugar? Consuming sugar raises insulin, insulin growth factors. Strong correlation there. So sugar in the brain, okay, it affects our brain significantly also. Hinders new learning, decreases memory recall. Dementia, some of it's being called type 3 diabetes. I always ask people when they have a loved one who's been diagnosed with dementia, do they love sugar? And it's always, oh my gosh, yes, they love sugar. There is an enzyme in the brain that breaks down insulin. That same insulin enzyme breaks down beta amyloid plaque associated with Alzheimer's disease. So if the body is busy breaking down the insulin, it doesn't have time to break down the plaque. And mood, strong connection between High sugar intake, prevalence of depression, anxiety, you know, it's kind of like a sugar crash going on all the time. Irritability, decreased mood, brain fog, fatigue, and imagine that not going away. Sugar's addicting. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. I love the study about the cocaine-addicted rats, that they withdrew the cocaine, and then they gave the rats a choice between sugar and cocaine every time they went for the Oreos. Yeah, Oreos. 
Later study did functional MRI machines, and they found food addiction reacts to sugar the same way as drug addicts react to drugs. Those centers light up in an extreme way. And then you've got the gut microbes that when certain ones get out of balance, they make you crave sugar. The more sugar you have, the more you want. And you have to starve them out. And I'll tell you how to do that on Wednesday. Okay, I know I just shared a ton of information, and it can be a little overwhelming, but that's okay. Knowledge helps you make better choices, and better choices give you better results. So keep working on it. Don't give up. Your health is really all you have, and it's worth doing something about and doing everything to keep it. Changing your eating habits, taking control of your health may require a lot of effort, but incredibly rewarding. Making the right changes, you're going to experience a higher quality of life. Maintain a healthy weight, have natural energy, prevent and even reverse illness. There is so much value in kicking that sugar to the curb, changing your diet and lifestyle, being the healthiest version of you ever. I know I was a sugarholic. I know where I where I came from, and you don't have to be there. How sad my life would have been if I hadn't overcome it. That's why I do what I do. I don't want anyone to have to suffer chronic diseases that are brought on by diet and lifestyle. So, if you want to join my webinar, you. But you can't go. Go ahead and register because you're going to get the recording. You know, so you can go to Facebook, Good Earth Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E, all one word, and you can just register there. Got lots of different places that it's just been coming in the last couple of weeks. So thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something that will help you or someone you love. Have a great day and take really good care of yourself.